0: I'm a big believer in when the Bible calls us to be humble in spirit as Christians what the humility is that he's talking about is the, the humility before God never think that you are better than God or anyone else and you better believe that 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 is humility that I, we are regularly reminded of every day you know yes. the fact that we you know the fact that we have to sleep and our God never sleeps let that be humbling enough you know so so that said I am supposed to speak out loud about the blessings in my life, the wins that I have, the struggle that I've been through, and all of those things, because God also gave us the word testimony. Mm. And our life our life may be the only Bible that some people read. So I wanna make sure they get every good page, you know, and I wanna be able to say, (laughs) hey, look, this is all, look at the things he's done in my life. And I always give credit where it's due, but God, by the glory of God, look at what's happened. And it will offend some people. It will make some people uncomfortable. It will be unusual, but if it's doing those things, it means it's challenging their current way of being and making them consider that there may be something else they don't know about and they need to ask better questions.
1: Today we're gonna check with one of my online heroes, Nicole Waters. Now let me read you some impressive bio and also will tell you what you're gonna receive during this episode. After over 10 years as a powerhouse sales executive at the Fortune 500 companies, she quit her job live on Periscope from 10,000 people. Talking about burning the boat to start her own business. Less than one year later, she had grown the monetized life into a transformative lifestyle brand and helped hundreds of entrepreneurs generate millions in revenue. Through online courses, consulting, and networking, Nicole teaches everyday entrepreneurs how to use the strategies she mastered in the corporate world to build multiple streams of income out of their passion. Let me tell you what you will learn in this episode. First of all, I wanna warn you that a lot of laughters in this episode and also I think my lavador barked once. <laughs> what do you do? It's real life. Now you'll hear both of us laugh out loud at those ridiculous claims that we see so often on the internet that follow ABC formula then you will achieve uh six, seven, eight figures in XYZ Day. You will learn that her journey up till now what prompt her to change from her former career to become an entrepreneur. Also that how did she manage to achieve so much in relative short amount of time? What is the main difference between the corporate versus solo entrepreneurial mindset of doing things as well? What are the habits she had to carry off or establish as she transits become an entrepreneur. We talk about how to future-proof your business. At the time of recording this episode, globally, we are dealing with COVID-19. And what is this current crisis reminds us as a Christian entrepreneurs? And what are the right milestones you should hit based on the stage of your business? we wrap it up to talk about what is a true humility means for Christian entrepreneurs. Are you excited? I hope so. Now let's check with Nicole. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad this is like one of the big prayer answers for me personally. Oh my gosh, you're too kind. No, it's my joy to be here and it's always exciting to have an opportunity to talk to new people. You know, in the introduction, I already, uh, you know, tell everybody how awesome you are, but, <laughs> but it's always a lovely. I know that, I know it's crazy to say that if there's still somebody don't know about you, I mean, if they follow, oh follow gosh. entrepreneurial journey, uh, but that just say in case. That's maybe you can share with us a little bit about your journey up sure. to now, because we know that you are in the cushy, in you know, a corporate executive job, and mm-hmm. then turn entrepreneur, turn CEO. Yeah. Tell us about. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, like you mentioned
0: in the intro, obviously, that's the like boring version of it. But the big version of it is that I was working in corporate and I had the nine to five job. And uh, unlike I think a lot of people or a lot of stories you hear, it wasn't a situation where it was like, my job is horrible. And I hate it every day. It wasn't that it was just that I really felt like I had a calling. Uh, something that was being spoken over my life that was much more than what I was doing in my cubicle, and it wasn't about the um, the work I was doing. You know, helping businesses or helping my corporation grow and scale and get new customers and make revenue. All of that was I was using my skills the right way. I was just using them for the wrong people, and I knew that you know while my job fed my family, it didn't feed my soul, and that I was in a situation where I could continue to be where I was and be comfortable. Or I could take the risk of being uncomfortable and answer God's call in my life. And that was the leap that I decided to make when I quit my job and decided to jump into entrepreneurship.
1: Well, and then she did not do it the regular way, you know? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, know, I tried to gloss over that, Kelly.
0: I was trying not to say it. So I quit my job live online in front of 10,000 people. And it was huge. It went viral. Lots of people watched it. It was very classy. I mean, I'm raised well, you know, it wasn't a big, messy thing, but it also was. Um, sort of my way of saying, look, I'm not turning back, I'm leaping all the way in. And, you know, this is a journey where I've I've prepared and I've done the steps, you know, but I'm also leaping out on faith, because I know for a fact that one thing I could not deny was there was an urgency and a calling. Um, Enough is enough. You cannot be here anymore. It's time for you to go, you know, and so that was where I went. And, um, and five years later, there's no looking back. It's
1: been great. She basically burned the boat. I burned the boat. I said that is it. I am at sea, and good luck. <laughs> that
0: is exactly
1: what I did. Well, you know, it's like a Peter walk out of the boat, walk on the water. You cannot say, "Hey, let me let me head back," right? Oh, it's such a it's such a funny joke because First Peter four ten is the verse that I
0: live my life by, and in my house and my friends, they all call me Peter because that's how I am. I am Peter all day. I wish I wasn't. I wish I had that. I wish I had like unwavering faith, but I am Peter in the sense that. You know, I'll trust God. I'll step out of the boat. I'll start walking, but I will look down. I'll look down and then I'll start drowning and I'll be like, God, help me, help me. And He always does, you know, and then I'm like, oops, I should have been, I should have, I should have been faithful. I should have been faithful. So it's like, yes, I am Peter all day. And uh, and that verse actually is part of what got me moving. It was First Peter 4.10. Yep. It's um that we have to use our gifts, not just to serve ourselves, but to serve others as the greatest way to glorify God. So I realized if I'm sitting in my cube, I'm really just serving myself. And
1: that's not good enough. It's just not good enough. So true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you achieve so much in a relatively short amount of time. You, oh, sure, sure. Right. So, uh, you know, and then at the time of recording, and we're about to release a- this episode actually in a coming mm-hmm. Tuesday, we're kind of dealing with the globally, uh, the COVID uh, crisis at the moment. Yeah, it's crazy. So what would you say that what are some practical steps that you did so mm-hmm. you could achieve so much in short amount of time? Well, I
0: think the biggest part is, and I think a lot of people may have skipped this step, but they're going back to it, whether or not we are in difficult economic times or we're dealing with challenging health circumstances, one thing we can guarantee is that uh, life is going to be complicated. And um, you know, the Bible talks about how weapons will form, but they won't prosper. And I think a lot of us get caught up in the whole like weapons will form, but they won't prosper and that not prospering part. But we forget the fact that the Bible has explicitly warned us that weapons will form. So the idea that we think we're going to have businesses or any type of success or a life without any challenges, you know, is um, ill suited. But what what God is saying to us is we still have to prepare. So as a business owner, one of the things I did was I just made sure that I did all the important practical steps. Like I set myself up as an LLC, a limited liability company, which matters a lot in the States, you know, that you have to make sure you're set up legally. And I built out my business bank account separately. And I built my business debt free, making sure to always save a portion of every dollar that comes in for a rainy day and for growth. And, um, you know, and I hired employees, but I did that very slowly. You know, these are all practical steps that I think in the world of, Ah, uh, internet marketing and social media, where we're consuming every single day. We're looking at people who seem to be having Lamborghinis and fancy lives. You know, we lose sight, you know, of what business is really about. And it is about taking some of those kind of boring, simple, slow, practical steps. but, they help you weather the storm, you know, those are the things that are unwavering. And now, you know, I think a lot of people are looking back and saying, I wish I'd done some of those things, because if I had, you know, nothing would really shake me, you know, in the same way. So those are some of the things that are not very interesting. They're not tricks, you know, they're not anything amazing, but they're the reason why I think, especially during the difficult economic times, my business is still thriving. We're actually up 23%.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of similar, same here, because I, I know that you uh I think you and me we uh, uh, you know there's one thing well, I see more than more than one thing common right. but because yeah. uh, I was a corporate executive too, so mm-hmm. you know I remember that in the corporate world, right, when we do something, we have those tasks breakdown down, we have those processes, yes. right yes, but when we come online, it seems like people just put a banner on and say, "I'm a coach, I'm a consultant. <laughs> and they Kelly, say yes yeah, yes right yes, yes. and then they just follow like oh like just follow me step one two three in oh, seven days you will get six God, fingers it's it's something so like that so when yes. i saw you i was like hallelujah finally right, there is right. one more weird gal like me that right. i don't say that way it's so true can you tell me about you know tell us about that what's the main difference right. between the you know the corporate and versus like solo entrepreneur mindset and doing things. Right, right. So I think that a lot of people think corporate and they think
0: bad or gross or, you know, oh my gosh, they box you in and you're not able to do stuff. And that's not the case at all because the truth is if you're an entrepreneur, at some point in time, you know, it's, I'm sure it's your hope that you grow to the size of a corporation. And if that isn't your goal, then what exactly are you doing? You know, if you're not trying to have that type of reach and that type of impact and that type of revenue. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're saying, okay, well, no, I'm just doing this kind of for fun. Well then, okay. You're a hobby. You know what I mean? But if you're a serious business owner and you're saying to yourself, I want to bring in revenue. Well, your, your goal, much like a corporation is also to keep that revenue. And so in corporations, they're focused on both things. And I feel like in solo entrepreneurship and the internet world, they're focused mostly on getting revenue, not getting it and keeping revenue. So anything that you hear of the marketing where it's like, you know, seven day challenge to six figures, or I had a five figure launch or whatever, a lot of that I think is just trying to use the gimmick of how I got money, but no one's really talking about the back end of keeping it. And we learned that the truth behind keeping money is a lot of the stuff that we think is gross in corporations corporate, it's the reporting, it's the structure, it's the data, it's the analytics, it's the processes, it's the team, it's saving, you know, and all of those things you can't get rid of, you know, it's the thing that keeps you from feast or famine. So I think that more and more um, in these next few days, right, as we move forward, and we start thinking about the new world of entrepreneurship, I think we're all going to see that you know, the people who come from corporate weren't crazy. You know, there's a way to do it. There's space to do it in entrepreneurship, but you can't skip those steps.
1: Sorry, guys. It's not <laughs> sorry boring. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. It's not it's boring. So boring. We don't have like a quick formula for you, like a step one, two, three, right? Yep. It's so, just not true. You have to do the work. Sorry. Today, my soul is not happy. So I know. <laughs> so what would you say, um, what are some new habits you had to establish or got rid of since you had transit from the corporate executive to entrepreneur. I'm sure that, you know, I know Nicole's uh, style because I follow her like a forever, but <laughs> I, I, I'm I, so, I really uh, admire her that she's like share the good and the bad and the ugly things, right? Yeah, so right, right. I'm sure that there's not everything is, is, is a rainbow for you no, as an entrepreneur. No. So exactly. that's why the question of what are some habits you had to establish or you had to carry or since you transit? Sure. So I think one of the things that
0: a lot of people forget about um, when you start working for yourself is that part of what you dealt with when you were in corporate was that you were Uh, being paid to not worry about keeping the lights on or paying payroll or, you know, whether or not your laptop is going to work or what your parking space is going to be or, uh, you know, any of those little things were not things that I ever had to think about, you know, because I wasn't in charge of them. And so, once you start realizing as an entrepreneur that you are the person people are looking at for the problem answer, you know, like if there is a problem, you are the solution. How are you going to figure it out? It's a whole different, um, energy that you have to kind of, uh, bring to the work every single day. And I also find myself saying, um, you know, just realizing that the calling is bigger. So for instance, I have 20 employees and, you know, we provide health benefits for them, 401k benefits for them. They work full time. You know, I have a corporate office that I have to, you know, maintain and, you know, and, and knowing that I now have all of these things that, you know, and I'm a true business, I, it's a different weight because you recognize that each person also represents a family and it represents a future and they're using their salary to pay for tuition, which represents another future going, you know, and that type of transition was hard for me because I do have my days where you realize the weight of your decisions just is so much bigger. And, um, I got to say, it helps that I have faith, you know, that I recognize that God, God wouldn't give me more than I could bear, you know, and that he has great things for me that like, if it wasn't for prayer, faith and focus, as well as surrounding myself with people who are prayerful and focused um, and, and even my team. You know, I prayed, I said, God, please bring me people who will at least understand that I am unwavering and not shaking in my faith. And my team is like disproportionately Christians, you know, and not on purpose, you know, it just worked out that way. Right. You know, and what's great is, you know, we pray over our, our employees, we pray over our staff. And they also, even though we have people on our team who aren't Christians, they also understand that that's how we run our business. And having that sort of, I realized that I don't get to escape everything that was in corporate no matter what, even though I left because I was like, I want to kind of do it my own way. You know, what I learned was, nope, I'm still doing it the corporate way because it works. But what's great is I get to be open about my faith. I get to bring the energy to it that I want to, I get to care about people and run a business with heart, which is something that, you know, in corporate, you don't really get to see or do much of, you know, so it's a real blessing to be able to do that. And for me, that trade-off is worth it, but it's not easy.
1: I'm so glad you share. Actually, because mm-hmm. so from the out, outside we saw, well, Nicole is up, up there. Mm-hmm. So everything is great. You know, she has yeah, a no. team, she has a team to serve her, and mm-hmm. then she wherever she goes, she can change all the dresses when she goes mm-hmm. speaking, mm-hmm. try different wigs. Right, right, <laughs> different, <like>, different wigs <laughs> every day, right? You never know who you're gonna get. Right. <laughs> but what people forget is that means you have a whole team. You have to feed, you have to, you have to feed them. You know, you, it's not like you wake up, you like before when we work work in the corporate, whether we like or not. After, after our office, pretty much okay.
0: Done, I miss vacation days. Kelly, I I miss, don't you wanna call in and say, okay, I'm not coming in, but I'm still gonna get my paycheck. That's not a thing in entrepreneurship. Who am I gonna call myself? Like that's not a
1: thing. Yeah, exactly. exactly so that's the thing so what would you say that I know you are you are also mama at home and yes. uh, you know we have a lot of uh, uh, corporate leaders female corporate leaders in this podcast <laughs> listening now and and at the moment I think I teasing with them sometimes if they're still corporate leaders, they're a little bit outsourced out their child care when they're out yes. there right yes it's so true <laughs> it's so true but now now, because during this lockdown time, and also mm-hmm. many of them they're thinking about gradually want to transit up, become an entrepreneur. Absolutely. What will you say, what is your biggest challenge as a mother when you work from home?
0: Yeah, so I think the biggest challenge is feeling guilty because I still have to work. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. It's like who's gonna pay for this stuff, you know? And so That part's hard because I think that anyone who's a mom, we love our kids. We want to be around our kids. Like in a perfect world, we would be able to be around them and just be available, you know? But the reality is if you're running a business or if you're even the breadwinner, because I think that for a lot of us, we've found that our husbands who may leave to go work elsewhere now, because we're the ones, because we're the entrepreneurs, we're the ones that are the breadwinner now. And I think that it's, um it's challenging because our kids especially if you have little ones if they can see you you're available <laughs> like, yes, it's not, yes. you know it's like i can see you so you must be here and it's like no 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 i mom's invisible right now you can't actually see me i'm not here you know so that part is you know right now i mean i'm doing this podcast interview from the corner of my bedroom you know because <laughs> hey, that's where i could get away where i can't hear the kids and all of that so it's hard and i think that part of the challenge is dealing with some of that guilt, you know, where um, a lot of people say the guilt, like, oh, you know, you're supposed to be everything for your kids. But no, some of the guilt for me is I like my job. And I like doing it. And I like being here. And I like serving people. And uh, where some of the guilt comes in is that I don't necessarily feel bad in every single moment that I'm not being a mom, because I also know I'm good at this. So I think that that is Uh, you know, the world wants you to feel really bad about not being a mom all the time. And yes, there is some guilt with that, but there's also some of the guilt of knowing like, no, I actually really like not being a mom all the time because this, I think, makes me a more well-rounded person and it helps me, you know, in the world in general. So um, it's a challenge, you know what I mean? Like Jesus made sacrifices too in order to serve the calling he was put on the earth for too. You think Jesus didn't want to just ride roller coasters and eat candy? I'm sure he did, you know what I mean? But he was the son of God and he had a job to do, you know? So, I think that so, uh, reminding ourselves that as well as moms is yes, we want to be in other places, but the reality is, you know, we have a calling on our lives and it's our job to answer that as well.
1: So funny, you say this, but you know, a lot of people from outside they thought, oh, you guys don't have that kind of guilt as a corporate right, people because right. you guys can stay home all the time. Oh, they always think that, but that's not the case
0: at all. Like, because I mean, people don't like, I heard the other day someone mentioned, um, in my community, they were like, "I'm home right now, and my little one. I saw their first steps, and the first steps happened when, and when I looked at the clock, I realized I would have been at the office, so I wouldn't have ever seen my child take their first steps." And so they were like, "That was a beautiful thing, you know." And then ten seconds later, they started screaming, and I was in the middle of a call. You know, and I was <laughs> like, that's reality. You know, that's what it's like. You know, and well, yeah, people say like, "Oh, you have it so good," but it's like, no, you don't know. Sometimes you miss the milestones. You blink, and they're grown. You know, so. It's a mixed
1: bag, but that's part of it. You know, not everything is all sweet. Yeah, exactly. For example, today, in order for my Labrador doesn't bar too much, I asked my mm-hmm. husband come after our interview. Right, <laughs> yes, 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 it's the truth. It's you the have truth. to do these kind of things. So, yes. you know, what would you see that the current, uh, the global crisis reminds us as a Christian entrepreneurs? So I think one of the things
0: that I... Um, I'm very humbled in uh, learning from this global crisis is that God can set a reset whenever He wants to.
1: <laughs> he amen, can, amen. And he can so, set whatever He <laughs> wants to,
0: yeah. and He's saying, "Listen, we are. I don't like the way it's going, so we are going to stop and start over. And go this way. Do this. Return back to these values." And that is both humbling and freeing because it lets you know that, look, just when it comes to your life, one of the greatest gifts He's given us is the ability to redirect it whenever. We we want to. Mm-hmm. So if you say to yourself, so often we make excuses, we can't slow down. I have this job. I can't turn around. I. It is the way it is. And the reality is we have all learned nothing is set in stone. And any it can change at any point in time in ways that you never could believe. And I think that that is a very empowering lesson for christians especially because we realize look if something is not aligned with the way that you want it to be go out there and change it in jesus name and we have the ability to do that and god just showed a mighty hand of his power that absolutely things can change so um so it's been quite the lesson but i think that it's going to make us all better for it when we move forward
1: yeah exactly it's like uh (laughs) you know uh I think for family together, a, mm-hmm. a lot of families, they don't know how to get along with each other for a long time. Right. Oh, and you will learn this time. <laughs> <You will laughs> yeah. learn.
0: You will absolutely. Learn.
1: Right. So um, I heard a lot of people say, I cannot wait to get back to normal. But, you know, I mean, for me, Jesus, you know, God is a God looking forward. You know, He never said, let's get back to Egypt. Let's try it out, right?
0: Right, Yes. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, what would you say when it comes to obviously the business world, it will be changing all the time. But, what do you see is a certain principle or advice that can really future proof our business?
0: I think that in terms of future-proofing, it really is just making sure your basics are locked down. I think too often we get caught up in what the new trick is or what the new, you know, gimmick is or the new strategy. And we're always looking for new, 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 but we're forgetting that we need to hammer down. How is your foundation? Is it solid? Because one thing that has never changed is, you know, even when God's telling people time to leave for Israel, it's simple stuff. Grab the bread. I don't care if it's risen. We still need bread. You're going to need to eat. You're going to need shelter. You're going to need each other. And I think those things, always are important and they're unwavering. So, you know, people, people are always saying, oh, now's the time to pivot. Now's the time to recession proof. Now's the time to future proof. You always should have been building a future proof business. That's not something that you just start doing. And so, you know, for me, it's always been, how are you spending? in your business? You know, are you, are you being wasteful? Do you know your numbers? So I mean, the minute that, um, you know, the, with the recession finally hit in a big way, it was always happening. We were already, we knew a year ago a recession was going to hit. It was just when and how big. Mm. So looking at, you know, the fact that it finally came, I was able to look at my numbers and say, okay, this is the burn rate in our business. Meaning this is how quickly we burn through money in order to, uh, run our business every month. And so I was able to say right out of the gate, this is the month that we would, if things continue in a drastic way, we would have to let people go. This is when we would need to get rid of the office space. this is when we would need I can look and and chart that all out and um and i'd been planning for this a long long time ago, and I think that is when people are thinking about future proofing and stuff like that you should know those numbers in a peak economy and you should know it in a bottom economy and I think that that is more of the mindset I'm hoping people carry into this experience. What can I do today to make sure I'll be ready tomorrow? It doesn't matter for, we don't plan and start preparing when the, when the plague has come, we start
1: doing it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think stewardship is the, Mm -hmm. is is the key, right? It's the key key value. Yeah. Um, You know, so, what, because everybody, kind, I know, you know, we have audiences just about to get started and some mm-hmm. audiences, they're about to scale up. Yes. So what would you say maybe some simple, what, what are some key, like a milestone they need to more focus on you know, because uh, for me, different stages in business should focus on totally. different things, right? Yes, yes. So, what would you say for somebody maybe just get started, and somebody mm-hmm. maybe about to scale? You're up. Established, yeah. So, if you, um it's two separate categories. So, if you're
0: just starting out. Do away with hearing about these six-figure launches yeah, and massive please, things. Like please. just, just get, just don't even think about it. You know what I mean? Um, I wish you the success of a very small launch. You know, that's the thing that I always try to tell people because you should be starting in beta. If there's anything I could free with it's a concept of beta launches. Get five to ten people to test out your product, be involved in the experience, take surveys, figure out what they like, refine the product. Do that at a minimal rate that allows you to start building up that working capital and do things debt free. But really aim for five to ten people. So often people will come to me saying, my business isn't working. I only got thirty people who were interested in the first launch. And I was like, no, 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 that's fantastic because you don't have the means, the ability, or the scale to handle 500 people. Yes. If you get 500 people right out of the gate, it will break your business. You won't be able to serve well, and you won't be able to manage the experience accordingly. So so if you are just starting out, be thrilled with the small wins. The Bible says, do not despise humble beginnings. And there's a reason for that. That applies in your business as well. Take these small beginnings, lean into them, and serve well. And for someone who is larger, the biggest thing is understand that you can't do it by yourself. And you know, that's another biblical lesson as well. It's not that you're able, you don't ever think anything you have or do is based on you alone. So it really is about saying to yourself, you know, where can I take $10 problems and give them to someone else so that I can focus on $10,000 problems. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, in your larger, if you're a larger business owner and you are still checking your email or following up on things or still pitching a request or taking the mail to the post office or packaging products, these are things where even if it is just five to 10 hours a week for $10 an hour, you can hand those off to someone else to handle, whether it's a kid, an intern, you know, an assistant, you name it. And then you spend your time focusing on things that are actually going to help you grow and scale, whether it's negotiating a contract or pitching a new vendor or media, those things will actually help your business in a bigger way. And you are the person who's supposed to do it. So those are the two things I think no matter where you are in business are really major areas of focus.
1: So if you guys just heard what she said, you see, she basically mm-hmm. tell two two different group people, mm-hmm. but same principle, stewardship, because mm-hmm. it's stewardship. stewardship, the talents, right? Yes. Right. Um, The other thing uh, before we go, I really like to ask you about this Mm -hmm. because I got asked all the time and say, you know, about humility. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, People say, oh, you know, we are Christian. We shouldn't be too out loud, loud there. But now Mm -hmm. we have to build a personal brand based business. So now all of a sudden I need to put myself out there and feel bad about it. And right what do you say about it's it? It's awkward. Yeah. So, so here's what I believe and,
0: uh, whether or not it's right or wrong, I know everyone has different opinions about it, but I'm a big believer in when the Bible calls us to be humble in spirit as Christians, what the humility is that he's talking about is the, the humility before God. Never think that you are better than God or anyone else. And you better believe that, that, that is humility that I, we are regularly reminded of every day. You know, yes. the fact that we- You know, the fact that we have to sleep and our God never sleeps. Let that be humbling enough, you know, so, so that said, I am supposed to speak out loud about the blessings in my life, the wins that I have, the struggle that I've been through and all of those things because God also gave us the word testimony. Mm. And our life, our life may be the only bible that some people read. So I want to make sure they get every good page, you know, and I want to be yes. able to say, <laughs> "Hey, look, this is all look at the things he's done in my life and I always give credit where it's due. But God, by the glory of God, look at what's happened and it will offend some people. It will make some people uncomfortable. It will be unusual, but if it's doing those things, it means it's challenging their current way of being and making them consider that there may be something else they don't know about and they need to ask better questions. And that's exactly what I've been called to do. And that is the way that I choose to glorify him. And more than anything, I, you know, if people call that cocky, yeah, you know what? I will brag about what my God does. And I am cocky about my relationship with Christ. And I am you know, um, bragging and boastful and excited about everything that Jesus Christ has done in my life, for my family, and for my business. And so I'm going to talk about that all day, and I'm going to show him off. And where the humility comes in is just always giving credit where it's due to the fact that I would have nothing if it wasn't for the blessings that Christ has given me every single
1: day. Well, you guys got that? You see, I'm not the only. You you see, got that? I I am not the only one say that. Uh, the other day when, when somebody asked me the question again, I said, "You know, God told me literally one day wake me up say, Kelly, you know what is a true humility?" Mm-hmm. And I, I said, "Well, obviously you woke me up, you have something to say." You have something to say, right? <laughs> I'm up, what is it? <laughs> yeah. And he said that the true humility is when you don't care what other people say. You only do what I ask you to do. Yes, that's so good. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, it's it's that simple. And yes, exactly that people, you know, will be criticized. And, you know, I mean, Jesus wasn't well loved for every single person, right?
0: Right. If they didn't like him, then that must mean I'm doing something right. I should not have everyone like me. I don't want everyone to like me, you know, because if people like me that are people who don't do good things, then I must not be doing something right. You know what I
1: mean? So... You're right, Kelly. You nailed it. Yeah, exactly. So, Nicole, I cannot thank you enough for saying yes. Come on the podcast. my tribe been waiting forever and my <laughs> I'm waiting forever. When when first time we I messaged you, I, know. And, and I told them, I say, she's coming on. And then I when, love it. Wait. <laughs> but yes. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we 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 got to do this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thank you. What do you think? I hope you enjoy as much as Nicole and I did. So if you like this kind of content, would you please do us a favor that more people know about our channels and our podcast, Christian CEO podcast. You can subscribe to this channel, share this video. Also you can subscribe to iTunes or wherever that you listen to your podcast. Now for all the goodies, and links, uh, especially for uh, Nicole's website, we will put in the show note at kellybala.com forward slash 085. Again, it's kellybala.com forward slash 085. Are you one of the Christian leaders that you would like to stand out, establish your own blue ocean, and create a profitable business you love and totally identity aligned? Well, if you are, I would like to invite you to access to one of my free masterclass, actually was a live presentation on stage at my mentor, Chris Docker's annual signature event called Youpreneur Summit. The presentation is called the Power of One Framework. And why is this so important? If you like to create a whole lot more impact in the coming year and beyond. You feel like you might hit a plateau in your business or you have been touring around in the base camp, meaning in the bottom of the mountain that God asks you to conquer. Then this presentation is for you. With all transparency, when you access to that presentation, you will be also aided as my VIP list for the coming signature program called the Power of One Framework. It's a mentoring program, and we cannot be more excited about this because we haven't seen anything that this for Christian entrepreneurs just yet. And are you surprised? Actually, probably not. Why? Because God always likes to show off his wisdom, And what do I mean by that? Four months before that presentation, I was crying out to the Lord, say, Father, how can we help? How can we get rid of the imposter syndrome? How can we stop the comparison game and shining object syndrome? How can we get as many as your children to the past, identity aligned that what you have called them to do create a whole lot more profit so they have the margin to give more and serve more. So if you feel resonate with this message, then go to kellybottler.com forward slash learn. I will see you there. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment and drop a review on iTunes It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellybottler.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellybottler.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.